Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories, seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hey, everyone. Today, we are wrapping up our Abide series with some practical applications. So that's what we're going to talk about. I'll be back with a list of resources for you right after this. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay. So we have spent the last five episodes walking through John 15 and discussing what it looks like to abide. We talked about the practice, the participation, and the perseverance of abide. Please go back and listen to those episodes. But better yet, go over to rachelcarmen.com and pick up the study guide that accompanies this series. It goes much deeper, has a lot of different passages that you you can dig into and study on your own. It's not exhaustive because that would take far too long, but it's several pages long. You can skip to one of the different parts of the series that we've discussed here. There are also some links to different resources that I'm going to talk about today. And again, not exhaustive, but I think there's a lot of good starting points for you there as you seek to study and seek to learn what it means to abide. 
So today is kind of the fun day where we just talk about some actual tools that you can get on board to actually do this because where we abide makes all the difference. And in this culture, we're being invited to abide in social media or in news outlets, in shopping malls, all different kinds of spaces online and on screens that I'm just going to boldly declare are really not healthy for us. Again, I think that these are things that we actually know, but it's not enough to know. We really need to exercise our will to do what we know. And if we are going to claim to be sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we need to lean into the fact that we are called to be separate. And the way we live and where we abide ought to be different from the rest of the world. There ought to be something about you and I that's different which means we don't abide in the same places. We don't do the same things. I do not know who to attribute this quote to, but and I don't even know if it rises to the level of being a quotable quote, but it has been said that who you are in five years depends on where you go, what you read, and who you meet this year. And here's the deal. You and I have a lot of control over that. Obviously, there are circumstances in our lives wherein we providentially get thrust into a circumstance where we end up meeting someone or going somewhere or reading something that you and I did not plan. And that's great because, again, like we've talked about throughout this series, God is always in the process of weaving together all of our life circumstances. Nothing is ever wasted. And even in those circumstances that are unplanned or seem random. They're not. And God weaves those into our life story. But there are also a lot of ways that you and I get to choose what we're going to read, who we're going to spend time with, and where we're going to go. And way too often, we just get caught up in the stream of life and in the culture of what everyone else is doing. Everyone else is doing it. We want to fit in. We want to be able to have those conversations. We want to be able to catch those jokes. And so we end up often subjecting ourselves to things that are really not good for us. And again, it's not a matter of knowledge or knowing these things. It's a a matter of embracing the separateness that we're called to. And so I really want to encourage you to dare, to really dare to abide well in the things that would honor God and those things that would be used by Him in the transformational sanctification process so that you are leaning into being conformed into the image of His Son And there are some very deliberate and intentional things that you and I can do to do that. You'll remember in the New Testament when Jesus was being tested, and this is a reference that I've made several times as we spend time together here on this podcast, you're going to hear me repeat myself. Look, I'm working with one book. The story's not changing. And so I'm going to say things more than once 
And this is one of those examples when Jesus is confronted and tested and they thought they had tricked him into determining what was the most important commandment. You remember Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second he said is likened to it, love your neighbor as yourself. I want to focus in on that first commandment that Jesus talks about there, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, because really that commandment is about abide. That's what it means. What are you doing to feed your heart, mind, soul, and strength? What are you doing with your heart desires? What are you doing with your soul? What are you doing with your mind? And what are you doing with your strength and your energy? Because where you're spending your time with those things is where you're abiding. And look, we're all abiding somewhere. There is a place, principally, that we abide. It's not like we have the luxury of not doing this. You're spending your time, your energy, your resources somewhere. The encouragement in John 15 is that we would spend it in Christ, in the things of Christ. And so it's very important that we take time, spend time deliberately. What are we going to do? And this whole idea of where you go, who you meet, and what you read, the question becomes, where are you going? Where are you spending your time? And today, it's not even a literal, physical, where are you going? It can mean that. And I do hope that you're not neglecting the fellowship of believers. I hope that you're in a Bible-believing, teaching, congregation, and fellowship of people, right? It's important for us to go and spend time with the people of God. And I hope, moms, that if you have a chance, you have a really good group of friends that you can spend time with, studying God's Word at a Bible study or something like that, or wherever you're going online. Where are you spending your time? It really does matter. Who are you meeting? Who are you allowing to mentor you? Who are you looking up to? That can be characters in a television show. It can be characters in a book. It can be people in your community. They're forming you. Remember the quote, no man is an island to himself. Who we spend time with, we become like. And so we can't just passively participate in the things of this world and be shocked that we're not being transformed into the image of Christ. We're being transformed into something The call is not to be transformed to culture, but into Christ. And so it's going to matter where we're going, online or otherwise, who we're spending time with, who are we meeting, who are we prioritizing in our life, and what are we reading? There is so much junk out there clamoring for our attention. You and I need to make sure that we're feeding our heart, mind, and soul with the things that point us to God. You remember the admonition of Paul in Colossians 3, which has been my ministry's focus verses for the last several years. Set your mind on things above. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You and I have got to make sure that our hearts and minds are focused up. 
And we do that by intentionally determining where we're going to go and where we're not going to go, who we're going to spend time with, who we're not going to spend time with, what we're going to read and what we're not going to read. I'm going to boldly suggest to you today that it's not just what we do, it's what we don't do. What we don't do. Nike had the the whole thing there for a couple of years, just do it. I'm going to counter that and say, just don't. Just don't. As children of the King, there are things that we need not participate in. But when we come back from this break, I want to give you some tools and some titles of some things that I really think that you that will help you abide and practice what we've been talking about. We'll be right back. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Okay, so there are three things that I want to encourage you that I believe are core if we're going to practice this whole thing of abide. And I really think it comes down to time on our knees, time in the Word, and time worshiping God. We've got to make sure that those three things are prioritized. And all too often, we relegate those three things to a Sunday morning event, maybe a Saturday night worship or a Sunday night worship, and we think that that's enough. And I'm just going to say it's not enough. We're called to spend time on our knees in the Word and worshiping God every single day. Corporately, we're encouraged to come together at least once a week, but every day, Jesus says in Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and I can make a case, and I think there's there are examples throughout the biblical narrative of seeking God first in the morning, and I get it. I am not so far out from having little people at my house to know how hard it is to put that first thing in the morning. So I'm just going to say, I don't think it has to be a two-hour devotional in the morning, but I think even in the morning, just a prayer in the very beginning, acknowledging Him as sovereign over your day, right? Acknowledging Him, thanking Him for what He has planned for the day, and asking Him to guide you as you go through the day. Thanking Him for going before you, walking with you, and coming behind you. Something as simple as that as you start your day really makes all of the difference. Prioritizing mom and dad family worship early in the morning. At breakfast time, sing a song, Jesus Loves Me, read a verse of the Bible, read a Bible story. Setting God first in the day really does make a difference. Not screens, not anything that the culture screaming at you, right? But truly 
setting God first in front of yourself and in front of your family every day, spending time in prayer, in God's Word, and in worship, glorifying Him. And so again, I have a few tools here. These are available linked in that PDF, and we'll probably put them in the show notes too so that you can have that. And I just, I'm just going to run through these. There's a series of books for the hymns entitled Then Sings My Soul that I love by Robert J. Morgan. And it has a bunch of the old hymns and then the story behind it. So here's one. I just flipped this open um, to the first volume that I have. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort fraught. Where'er I go, whate'er I be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. And this one was written in 1862, and you can read the whole story behind that hymn. And so once upon a time, this was how we did our family worship here when everybody was home, just learning and reading over the words of an old hymn and then the backstory. Another tool that I recently came across is Psalms in 30 Days by Trevin Wax. It actually follows a liturgical pattern for reading the Psalms in 30 days. So it has an early morning Psalm that you would read, a call to prayer in the morning, has a midday call and then an evening prayer that you can do. It's it's a great resource. I, I will confess I have not been able to do all three times a day for all 30 days yet, but it's like a lot of different tools that I'm going to offer to you here today. Don't let it get discouraging to you when you miss one. Just pick up the next day where you need to be the next day. So many people have given up on reading through the Bible and one of those plans because they got a day behind. Just pick up on that day. That's my best advice. It's all about going forward, doing the next days, right? One of my favorite resources, I don't know how many years I've been reading this every morning as part of my uh, morning quiet time to set my mind for the day, and that is Streams in the Desert. It is a dated daily devotional. I'm guessing maybe a page long. It doesn't take very long at all. And I've taken actually marking mine up and dating different comments that I make in mine. And it's just remarkable. I just want to, I just want to tell you the spirit of the Almighty knows where you are and knows what you need. And it is remarkable to me, no matter which one of these resources I'm going to talk to you about today, which one you decide that you want to pick up and go for, God meets you there. God meets you exactly where you are, exactly where you are, because His Word is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. He knows where you are. He knows what you need. If you dare to study the Gospels over and over and over, you see Jesus over and over and over meet people right where they are. And He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so He's going to meet you right where you are. And any one of these tools that you might choose to pick up, He's he's going to meet you. And it will just astound you how personal those meetings can be sometimes. I am just So blessed to come to my Bible study, whether it's reading a hymn or reading a portion of the gospel or the New Testament or the Old Testament. I'm just amazed at how meaningful it is to me where I am. You've heard me recommend this 
resource over and over and over. It continues to be one of my favorites, and I didn't want to neglect mentioning it here again. That is Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. It makes a great uh, devotional for you and your family. We read it during one of our family worship periods of time. It's about the attributes of God, and it deserves being read more than once. It is just so challenging and insightful, very readable, and there's a lot there to to grow through. Obviously, Oswald Chambers' classic, My Utmost for His Highest, is another dated devotional that you can read every day. Like Streams in the Desert, there's a lead passage of Scripture and then commentary and application on that passage. And again, you will never regret having read these every day. Um, I love to keep this in my briefcase when I travel, so I've always got it handy, and it makes a great way to start off your day for your college student, for a friend. And then there's another classic, Morning and Evening by Charles Spurgeon. This is a much thicker book and resource, but so poignant and meaningful to read. It has a reading for each day for morning and evening. So this is one that you would actually do twice a day, which is a great, a great way to spend your time. You will also find over at rachelcarmen.com, I have there for you a reading plan for the New Testament where you can read the New Testament once a month which may sound a little overwhelming, but it's a great challenge to really sit and meditate and marinate in God's Word. What I have found is the Word of God is so powerful and and so chock full of meaning for each one of us that as we lean into this sanctification and this transformation that you and I have talked about through this whole series— What you'll find is every time you come back to the Word of God, that passage that you have read over and over and over, the Holy Spirit of the living God will will reveal something brand new to you. Not that the Word is not changing. The, The Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is not changing, but He's changing you. And so as you come back to it, you're like, whoa, whoa, I didn't see that last time. And so that's how he uses his word. And so you can use that guide about how to read the New Testament once a month. The way it works is days one through seven, you read one of the four gospels. So you the, of the four gospels, you'll read each of the four gospels one at uh, three times in 12 months. And so, and then you'll read the other books of the New Testament every month. And it is just such a great way to literally marinate in the truth of God's Word and read it over and over and over so that it really is the vine that you're abiding in. You're really abiding in God's Word. And as you come to God's Word every day and you ask, God, open my eyes Open my heart, teach me, make me, mold me as I read your word today. One of the things that I'm doing is I'm following that reading guide that I made there for you um, 
focusing primarily myself for a couple of other studies that I'm working on, focusing on the Gospels and just reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John over and over and over. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John over and over and over. Just really sitting and soaking. And you can do that too. You can, you can park on any one of those things that you want to and just continually asking God to teach you, to make you, to mold you, to show you, to to train your heart, right, so that you can become what He's planned for you to become. If you've if you read the, the New Testament for a while and you want to do something a little different, Billy Graham always talked about how he read the Psalms every month. Now, this Trevin Wax book, The Psalms in 30 Days, that's one method to do it. He actually doesn't repeat any of the Psalms in that actual book. Billy Graham recommended that you read five psalms a day. So you go through your Bible and you number your psalms in sets of five. One, two, three, four, five is day one. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, day two. Eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, day three. You see the pattern here, right? And you number all of the psalms, one through 150, into sets of five. And then depending on the day of the month, That's the set of five that you read that day of the month. That's a very powerful way to read through the Psalms. And again, so much to glean from the Psalms. Similarly, you can also choose to read the Proverbs once a month. And you just read the Proverb. There's 31. So you just read the the Proverb number chapter that corresponds with the date. So if it is the 5th, you read Proverbs 5 that day. That is also a great way to do Bible study around your breakfast or your lunch or your dinner table with your kids. Just read through the Proverbs every month, right? So I hope that what you've seen here today is just a variety of tools that you can use as you seek to abide, because all of these are going to be ways that you can get the Word of God in your heart, your mind, and your soul. Because if you're wrestling with some of these desires that the world has put on of you, the best way to recalibrate your soul, to to lean into that transformation, is to change what you're putting in. What are you reading? Because it matters. Similarly, In the PDF that you can pick up over there, the study guide for this, I've listed, I'm looking at the list right now. Let me see. Um, In part three of the study guide, I listed some books about some men and women Christians and their biographies or autobiographies that I find incredibly encouraging. You know, the enemy, if really likes to get you and I caught up in complaining and whining because if he does that, he can take us captive really quickly because complaining and whining is an indication that we are, we've lost our focus. We don't get who God is. We don't get what he's done or what he's doing. And so what I have found in my own life is I really enjoy reading biographies or autobiographies of Christian men and women who have endured who have rested, who have engaged, 
who have dared to take God up on his word. And I love to read their stories of God's faithfulness and his goodness and all that he's done to protect them. I find that very inspiring um, in my own life. And so, again, some of these are probably ones that you're familiar with. But if you're not, I can highly recommend any one of these books. Through Gates of Splendor is a classic it's written by Elizabeth Elliot about his her husband, her first husband, Jim Elliot, and their determination to take the word of God to a group of natives in South America and what God did through that. On the Golden Shore is the biography of Anne and Adoniram Judson. I read, I read that last year. It's an incredible story of God's goodness and faithfulness. Anything about Hudson Taylor, I forget the title of that book, forgive me for that, but I'll correct it in my notes. A Chance to Die is Elizabeth Elliot's biography of Amy Carmichael, the little Irish girl who took the the good news of Jesus Christ to India and started an orphanage there. Bonhoeffer, Pastor, Martyr, Prophet, Spy by Eric Metaxas is a great story about Bonhoeffer and what he did in World War II to stand against the Nazi tide. Evidence Not Seen is another excellent story of a missionary couple caught in the crosshairs of World War II. She was actually taken to an internment camp by the Japanese in the Philippines. And then there's a biography on John and Betty Stamm, who determined to take the gospel message of Christ to China, and they actually were there and caught up in a crisis situation there. I don't want to spoil any of these stories for you, but I do want to encourage you to be careful about what you're reading, because it matters what you're putting in your mind. It matters what you're focusing on. It matters what's in your heart. And if you and I are going to be able to stand like we've been called to stand, if you and I are going to be able to practice discernment like we've been called to practice discernment, if you and I are actually going to live worthy and to keep our focus on things above, we have got to make sure that we are intentionally putting the things of God in our heart, mind, and soul, and that we are focusing on Him. All right. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you've enjoyed this. Again, go over to rachelcarmen.com, get that PDF, share it with your friends, leave us a five-star review here for this podcast so that other people can benefit from the importance of getting in God's Word. We need each other. Thanks for spending time with me, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible Curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast.
Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.